Thanks, Ben. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. It's good to be together in person worshiping again. So last week, we started our Disruptor series, our series of series that I've been calling Disruptors, and it's not because they're disrupting our study of the book of Acts. The prayer is, is that these teachings, coupled with the, the inspiration and the learning and the encouragement that we're getting from the book of Acts, is that as we take these and we head out into our daily lives, is that we would disrupt Fairfield County and we would change its very fabric and we would alter its trajectory. And last week we started by talking about the idea of being disrupted by hope. And we defined hope as being the confident expectation that God will do what he says he's going to do. The confident expectation that God is going to come through. And that's the biblical foundation of hope. And we talked about how that we have that hope in the everyday things that Jesus walks with us and promises never to leave us. We have hope in the eternal things that Jesus is he's going to come back and he's going to set everything right. Every relationship that is broken, every pain that exists, every hurt is going to be set right and made better than new. And we have that eternal hope. So here at Crossroads, right, we say, what do we say all the time? Love God, love others. Yes? Love God, love others. So last week we kind of looked at hope and how it helps us love God. This week we're going to look at hope and see how it can help us love others. We're breaking that down into that, that other piece. Um, and we're going to do it by looking at one phrase from one verse. Last week I taught on almost 20 verses. This week we're not even going to look at a whole verse. We're going to look at one phrase from one verse. That one verse is 1 Corinthians 13:7. The verse says, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And we're going to concentrate on love always hopes. But if you look at that grouping, that grouping is just one more in the line of scriptural directives that tells us <laughs> Well done, Ben. Thank you. Sorry. I tried. I really tried. <laughs> um, that grouping, love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. It tells us one more time that love, biblical love, is putting others before self. In that 1 Corinthians 13, 7, what's really interesting is it's very often read at weddings. I'm sure many of us have been to a wedding and we've heard that read. The original context, however, was not romantic love at all. The word for love in that passage, agape, is brotherly love. And we're going we're gonna to take that and we're going to figure out what that means as we look at love always hopes. What does that mean? And I think because, because of Jesus, love always hopes, as we, if we break that down, that means that we can have hope for people, we can have hope in people, and we can receive hope from people. Hope in, hope for, hope from. We're going to start by looking at, um, we're going to look at hope for others. And there's, you guys, I would encourage you to, um, if you don't have those notes, there's a ton of scripture that goes along with kind of each one of these statements that I'm going to make that we don't have a screen to put it up. We don't, I'm not going to go through and read each verse, but pick up the notes and during your own time with God this week, Go look back at those references and, and see what God is saying to you in them. But the first one, this idea of hope for others. So in the incarnation, right, the reason we celebrate Christmas is Jesus 
coming to earth, taking the form of a human and living as one of us among us. If Jesus can step out of eternity, step out of heaven, into earth and into time, there is no one far away enough from God that he can't reach. I know we all have people in our lives who we want to be in a relationship with Jesus. And we look at them and we think, man, there is just no humanly way that that's going to happen. They are so far from God. They are so hostile to God. They have been, maybe they've even been hurt by the church or hurt by people who claim to know Jesus. They're so far away that it just can't happen. Folks, if Jesus stepped out of eternity and out of heaven to come to earth for us, he's already made the longest trip possible. He, wherever that person is, however far from God they are, Jesus can reach them. The parable that Jesus tells of the Good Shepherd in Matthew 18, the Good Shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. And the journey that he goes on after the one is, is dangerous. And the, the sheep is not close. He leaves the 99 and he goes far and he searches wide till he finds that one sheep. And then when he finds that sheep, he celebrates. That one person in your life that seems that far away is not that far away to Jesus. We think about having hope for people. We think about them being away from us. We think about being separated by the virus and not being able to gather together. We think about um, just the normal course of life. People move away. People go away to school. We think that they're, if they're far away from us, then you know, they, their connection to, to Jesus is gone. Well, the good news, folks, is Jesus saves people. You don't. So, sorry, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. That you, <laughs> um, so here's the deal, man. We, we can have confidence that no matter how far away somebody is from God, no matter how far away somebody is from us, we can have that hope. And what's the response to that hope? The response to that hope is we find in one of Peter's letters, and it's this, that we should always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. What does that mean? That means be prepared to tell your story, to share the reasons why you try to put Jesus first in your life, why you chose to follow him, why, how he came into your life, how he transformed your life. And in doing so, Maybe there's somebody who's far away from home. We've had a good number of people who have been at local universities, Sacred Heart, Fairfield U, and they end up coming to Crossroads, and they hook up with somebody at Crossroads, and they share their faith with them, right? So we have some folks who are getting ready to go off to school, and we're praying that there's going to be people in their path that know Jesus and care about them, and we'll connect those dots. So the response to hope for others is that we would always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. We move from there to having hope in others. And this, this starts with having hope in Jesus, right? If our hope is in Jesus, that's where our security is. And that frees us up, that frees us up to have relationships with other people, to trust other people, to put our hope in other people because we are not dependent upon them. We are dependent upon Jesus, and we are looking to him as the source of our identity and the source of our security. And the other reason that I would suggest that we can um, have hope in people is Philippians 1.6. God promises that He, if he starts a good work in somebody, that he will carry it through to completion. God's not going to draw somebody to him and then leave them to their own devices. God has a plan for that person. We can have hope in them because God is going to continue that work until Jesus meets that person face to face. He's not going to let up. 
the phrase that you guys have probably heard, probably heard me say before is this. When we come into relationship with Jesus, we are changed forever. From that point forward, we are forever changing into his likeness. He keeps us forever changing and growing to become the people that he created us to be. Hope for people, hope in people, and lastly, we can have hope from people. You know what? Let me go back for a second. The, um, I forgot this quote. It's like the coolest part of this, having the response, right? The response to having hope in people, just like the response to having hope um, for people is to be prepared to give the reason for the hope you have. The response to having hope in people is this, is that we can be a part of them becoming the person they were created to be. One of the commentaries I read, part of showing love is hoping, and part of hoping is seeing the potential of others. As Johann Gates said, if we treat people as they ought to be, we help them become what they are capable of becoming. In love, we can always be hopeful and show confidence in others. That thinking the best of people, that confidence, that hoping in other people, that's part of the biblical love that we're talking about. Love always hope. All right, now on to hope from others. And this speaks to how God designed us to live. Right? We are designed to live in relationship, to live in community. We're made in the image of God who himself exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He exists in community. So if we're made in him, his image, that is how we are supposed to live. And what does that mean? That means if we can have hope for people, we can have hope in people, that means we can receive hope from them. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens. If somebody's got stuff going on, be there. Offer to hang out with them. Be a listening ear. Offer to take them to lunch or buy them coffee. Bring them dinner. Whatever that looks like in that situation, carry one another's burdens. Scripture also tells us that we are to suffer with those who suffer and we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. We come alongside people and we offer they may be in a spot where they don't have hope, but we do. In that moment, in that point in time, we can offer them the hope that we have. And that can carry them to the next point where they are built up. And they again have that confident expectation that God is going to do what God is going to do. So because of Jesus, we can have hope for people. No matter how far away they are from God, no matter how far away they are from us, we can have hope in people. Because Jesus is our ultimate security, so we don't have to, we won't have to fall apart if something goes badly in a relationship. It enables us to enjoy relationships with others and weather those rocky points in those relationships. And then finally, hope from others. We live as we are created to. We live in community. We allow other people to care for us. We let other people know that we have a need. God has the luxury. He knows the prayers before they leave our mouths. He knows our needs, but we don't have that luxury. So if you have something going on, we can't do anything about it. We can't offer to help. We can't carry those burdens unless you let somebody know. Get connected to at least one person. Get connected to a small group of people who you trust, who you can share what's going on in your life, the good stuff and the hard stuff, and let them carry those burdens as well. So it's, it's only right in the... Um, in the course of the life of a community, that there be natural occurrences 
to celebrate this hope that we have for and in and from others. And tonight is one of those occurrences for, for a variety of reasons. First, every year around this time, um, it's bittersweet, but we stop and we take a moment and we pray for students who are heading off into the next phase of their life. And tonight we're gonna be praying for um, Darby Petrick and Tilly Petrick. Darby is heading off to the Ohio State University. That's Darby over there. And Tilly couldn't be with us tonight, but Tilly is heading off to Northfield Mount Hermon Prep School in the fall, so, or in, in a couple weeks actually. Um, so in a minute, John is gonna come up and he's gonna pray for them. We are also going to pray for our good friend, Ed Gillespie. Ed is right back there, sitting next to his lovely wife, Eileen. Ed, wave. Thank you. Um, Ed has led Crossroads efforts with the mobile kitchen for the last eight, eight years, Ed? For the last eight years. Every Tuesday night and other stuff on top of that, um, Ed's heart for people was clearly, clearly visible, not only in the way that he led our team, but in the, his desire to help the people of PT come to know and grow in Jesus as he, he led a team to meet real physical material needs. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meals that that team has dispensed over the last eight years, but it is because of Ed's leadership and his dedication and the vision that he had for that that it has been so successful and the people of PT have benefited. God has been glorified and his, his kingdom grown because of, of Ed's work. So we wanted to stop and we're gonna, in a second, I'm gonna pray and say thank you because Ed is taking a break after those eight years. He's stepping out of that leadership role. He's not going anywhere. He's still gonna be on the team, but he's taking a break from that, from that leadership role. So we just wanted to take this opportunity to, um, to thank him for everything that he's meant uh, 